ಶ್ರೀಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿಹಿ ಓಂ ಓಂ ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಕ್ಷತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಾವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಜಯತಿ ಪರಾಶರಸಿಂಹೋ ಸತ್ಯವತಿ ಹೃದಯ ನಂದನೋ ವ್ಯಾಸ ಯಸ್ಯಾಕ್ಸಮಲಗಲಿತಿ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಶೇಷಂ ರಾಮಾನುಜಂ ಮುನಿ ವಾಯು ಮಧ್ವಮಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಆಚಾರತ್ರಯಮಾಶ್ರಯೇ ಓಂ ಹಂಸ ಹಂಸಾಯ ವಿಮಯ ಪರಮಹಂಸಾಯ ಧೀಮಹಿ ತನ್ನೋ ಹಂಸ ಪ್ರಚೋದಯತ್ ಓಂ ತತ್ಸವಿತುರ್ವರಂ ರೂಪಂ ಜ್ಯೋತಿ ಪರಸೀಮಹಿ ಎನ್ನ ಸತ್ತೇನ ದೀಪೇತ್ ಭದ್ರಂ ಕರ್ಣೇ ವಿಶ್ವಣುಯಾಮ ಭದ್ರಂ ಪಶ್ಯೇಮಾಕ್ಷಿರ್ಯಜತ್ರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ಟುವಾಗುಂಸ್ತನೂಭಿ ವಶೇಮದೇವಹಿತೋದ್ರಶ್ರವಾಸ್ತಿನಪೂಷಾವಿಶ್ವೇದಾಸ್ತಿನೋಬೃಹಸ್ಪೃತಿಧಾತು ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ
especially a high whatever whatever we call the pinnacle of wisdom that we will see in this upanishad in parampara especially they think that this is purely meant for sanyasis such a zaizantic thoughts are there in this upanishad especially it talks about the very vidya of whether the paravidya aparavidya so nice so many interesting uh, topics are involved i think we will enjoy thoroughly sri arbindo's uh, uh, thoughts on uh, his you know this upanishads because he always speaks on on his experience that is a great asset for all of us i request sri arbindo ji to continue with the talk today thank you thank you very much namaskar vipya welcome all thank you jadavid ji for the introduction and the chanting welcome prasad patrick raj and all others there we will commence the third upanishad muntaka upanishad today om namo brahmadibhyo brahma vidya sampradaya kartrubhyo vamsha rishibhyo mahadbhyo namo gurubhyo शंकरं शंकराचार्य केशवं बादरायनं सूत्रवाशिकृतौ वन्दे भगवन्तौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमवत् व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम तच्चत् श्रीहरिगुरुवे नमः मुंटकोपनिषत् दिस नेम मुंटकोपनिषत् हैज कम फ्रॉम two aspects in the historical records the manuscripts which have been received each of the chapter was designated as mundakam in the manuscripts why they were referred as mundakam is still a mystery but there are different theories which are floating around shankaracharya in his bhashya or the explanation he refers this to as atharvana upanishad he doesn't say muntaka upanishad in the preamble or the introduction of the upanishad why atharvana upanishad is because in the atharva veda there are three principal upanishad which are considered in the about to the 10 the muntaka upanishad being a brahmana upanishad and the same theme what is being discussed in the muntaka upanishad from without the reference to much into the rituals and other things is discussed in a jnana upanishad called prashna upanishad so muntaka upanishad muntaka upanishad and prashna upanishad follow one after the other because the theme or the subject discussed are more or less in continuity but even though they are coming in the two, two different parts of the same veda atharva and veda these two are most of the time studied together one after the other because of the connection between the topics another important upanishad which is seen in the same veda is mandukya even though one that is the shortest of all the upanishad 
but that is pregnant with such information or philosophy that the philosophers of yesteryears have spent much time in decoding the words and getting the philosophical imports of those sentences gaudapada shankaracharya's guru's guru govindapada's guru has written a commentary called karika in the form of shlokas for mantukya so normally that is taken as the base text because even the first part it has got four parts the first part the both the upanishad mantra and the karika are intermingled and placed in such a way that the commentary was mandatory to study from the point of view of understanding the mantra they that they such codified is the mantra of the mandukya whereas muntaka upanishad is divided into three muntakas and each part has two khandas khanda what they call it as khanda means section three chapters three two sections in each the first section has nine mantras which set the ground or the the scenery or the complete subject matter for the entire upanishad in these nine mantras out of that first two mantras are only on the lineage and the second section second khanda who has 13 verses which talks more on the philosophy then the third second chamundaka has first chapter having 10 second chapter having 11 the third one is first one is having 10 and the second part having 11 verses totally 64 mantras are in this upanishad even though this upanishad has got a meterical aspect for chanting the mantras there are some places which it has deviated from that which is why it it may not be possible for anybody to chant like how taitriya which is a very rhythmic and uh, you know set in a proper meter for chanting so most of the muntaka upanishad some places you can rhyme it some places we'll have to read it and uh, why the name muntaka has come that let us look into the later different theories which are floating around there is a belief in certain school of philosophers among the upanishadic tradition that muntaka normally the literal meaning is a uh barber or a shuraga to indicate that it shaves off avidya or ignorance from the listener so one who listens to this upanishad and puts it into his own self inquiry in the form of shravana manana nididhyasana he can shave off his ignorance totally why the word shaving off is mentioned is because the ignorance is 
is something which keeps on propping up like how the hairs grow on our head so after a number of shaving only that hair stops growing which you might have seen that but in some places it still keeps growing so why the upanishad talks about is that the philosophy of that school says that it is so difficult to remove the ignorance and the other school of philosophy says that this philosophy mentioned in this upanishad is anti tradition or anti karma vidya where the rituals are mentioned because there is a mantra here parichalokan karma chitan brahmana nirvedamaya nakrutakrutena so those who have been doing this karmas they have found out that that is not getting reaching them any anywhere in their pursuit of the reality so they have all taken up sanyasa when you take up sanyasa you shave off your head so they say this is a upanishad which is should be studied only by the sanyasins that is one another form of another school of thought which is there and then shankaracharya also mentions one thing in the practice which was there during his time or which was known during his time whether it was there or during his time or not we don't know but he has referred it in his bhashya saying that there is something called shirovratam now what exactly the shirovratam we have lost in the in the you know history we nobody knows it today nobody has any record as to what exactly is the but people have imaginations and they said that you know there is uh, two methods in which shirovratam is done one is by keeping the hand on the head while studying the upanishad so that you get ultimate concentration on to listening what the teacher is saying there is another school which says that you know after shaving of the head there is a you know some sort of a uh, arrangement done on the head so where you can keep a uh, mud pot with in which hot oil and a burning lamp is kept so that the con the attention will be such that he will not be able to move his head or even do anything thinking fearing the hot oil and the lamp will fall on the brahmachari's body these are all imaginations we have no record or there is no uh, mentioning of anywhere in the history or we cannot find it in the historical references but these are all stories which are going around in the different uh, commentators stories so that being the background of mundaka upanishad what is important to us in in the modern times is that here is that teaching which very clearly gives us both the interpretations of what is the normal normal knowledge and what is the higher knowledge i don't call it as lower knowledge for very specific reason even though the technical term in the mantra in the upanishad is say para and apara what is supreme and what is not supreme or what is not supreme should be you know lower but i consider that what is higher and what is not higher or what is normal studies this explanation is slightly confusing for the first person prime when who is anybody studying the upanishad for the simple reason that 
the statement of the upanishad says that atharva veda itself is a lower study in which this upanishad itself comes so the upanishad is mentioning that that place where this upanishad itself is present is not the higher study it is part of the aparavidya so this can be confusing then why are we studying and all those such questions can keep coming into the mind of the people but the explanation if you go into the details of the mantras we will know exactly why it is said so so without wasting much time let us get into the mantras of the upanishad starting with the shanti mantra as usual in all samaveda mantras this is one of the famous shanti mantra om bhadram karne bhi shrunuyama deva bhadram pashyema akshabish yajatraha sthirai angaihi tushtuvahum sastanubihi vyashema devahitam yadayuhu swastina indro vriddhasravaha swastina pusha vishvavedaha swastina tarshyo arishtanemihi Sostino Prihaspadir Dadatu Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. The three Shanti, which is always following the Shanti Mantra, that is why it is called the Shanti Mantra, is to address the Adi Devika, Adi Baudika, and Adhyatma Shanti of both the teacher and the taught, both the speaker as well as the listeners. The three aspects are as explained in the previous sessions adi devika is what is beyond the control of our own nature that is what we call it as daivakritam or by the fury of the nature if the nature is not in in conducive situation we will not be able to listen we may not have the internet we may not have the light or we may not have any of those things which are beyond our control that is what we can call it as adi devi then adi baudhikam is there are things which are created like you can be disturbed by you know so many uh, you know objects which are coming in our study in between they can come and disturb for from the study and the third and the most important one is adhyatma one's own inner self which should be in a peaceful listening and attentive mode if the mind is in a perturbed state we will not be able to understand and assimilate and imbibe the teachings so having prostrated or requested to the almighty to give shanti from the all the three points it also says o deva shrunu vayam shrunuvam shrunuyama badram Oh gods, may we hear Badram means auspicious things. So from the point of view of hearing, we should hear only the best thing what is being taught. Through Karnavihi, through the ears. Oh Yajatra, oh gods again, Yajanatrayate iti Yajatra, but gets appropriated or satisfied you the, through the Yaga is called Yajatra. Pashema Badram Akshibihi. May we also here see auspicious things through the Akshibihi, through the eyes. 
here you have to take both the physical eye as well as the inner vision tushtu vasam tanubihi glorifying you tushtu vasam tanubihi through the bodies of the vedas tanubihi here stands for the vedas even though tanu means strongly is for the body through the vedas so through the vedas i have been we have been glorifying you during our yagnas and yagas and all the prayers which we have been doing may we have sthirai angai with healthy limbs vishema may we enjoy ayuhu full life let we have all the health during the entirety of the life so that we are able to study and practice these learnings throughout the life yet devahitam indra devahitam what is allotted by him through indra vridhasravaha the great flame of sun datatu na swasti blesses with auspiciousness vishveda pusha may the sun also shine on us during the studies swasti again blesses with auspiciousness tarshya is me garuda arishtanemi is in the obstructed movement of the the words between the teacher and the taught swastinaha again blesses with let brihaspadi the great brihaspadi the intellect the the teacher of the devas may he bless us through the guru parampara so that we are always swastinas we are be always be auspicious om shanti 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 this is the meaning of the uh, shanti mantra now the the upanishad starts with first two mantras which gives a lineage of this great teaching how it has reached in through the parampara the guru shishya parampara which is referring here you will see that all of them are here seen as grihasthas and grihasthas are the one who have been carrying out this tradition of knowledge so it is taught it is not right to say that mundaka is only for sanyasis if you are looking at the see guru shishya parampara which is mentioned in the first two mantras it is starting with brahma devanam pratamaha sambhuva विश्वस्य कर्ता भुवनस्य गोप्ता स ब्रह्म विद्याम सर्व विद्या प्रतिष्ठानाम अधर्वाय ज्येष्ठ पुत्राय आहा दिस इज द फर्स्ट मंत्र सो व्हाट डस ही से ब्रह्म देवानाम प्रथम द ब्रह्म 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 हियर इज नॉट ब्रह्मन ऑफ द आत्मा ब्रह्मन इट इज टॉकिंग अबाउट द the chaturmukha brahma or the creator of brahma who has sayambhuva sambhuva he was the first creation who created himself so he 
having taken shape of the creation started the creation thereafter and he from from his point he is the only one which was available so therefore atharvaya jeshta putraya praha so he he transferred or he explained this upanishad through his teachings to his eldest son jeshta putraya so jeshta putraya is who is the jeshta putra here atharvaya that is why the atharva veda is also called from the point of view of atharva veda is in that category only that is why it is it is to be seen as a tradition from father to son which can be seen only in this in this type of what you call uh, tradition of householders where they give this tradition from the father to son where the son becomes the student in the case of brahma who was the first creator his son children are the first created ones so therefore therefore he what he gave to atharva is what is to be seen as the complete atharva veda not just this upanishad alone that is what it is to be seen as the beauty of this first sentence itself brahma devanam pratama sambhubhuva and then jeshta putraya adharvaya praha now how there are descriptions of each one of them vishwasya karta bhuvanasya gopta that is a adjective going for brahma vishwasya karta vishwa means the loka the entire loka vishwasya karta means he is the creator of the entire world bhuvanasya gopta the hidden or the what you call the most secretive creation because how he created is a secret we do not know how the creation took place but we are we are only able to see the created not the act of creation we will see that how he tells how he created the world in in the mantras in the first chapter first section itself he explains that the the brahma who has told to atharva tells that how the creation took place so but at this stage it is a gopta it is a secretive thing how the bhuvana or how the world bhuvana means world you know you can stay bhavan bhavati bhu bhavane it is from that is it where you can say the the residing takes place it need not be earth alone the entire cosmos where the planets are all reside vishwasya karta so the entire cosmos is under the creation of one who has some babuva who has created himself first and from there so that is where the description of brahma is happening and then there is other set of two words 
ब्रह्म विद्याम सर्व विद्या प्रतिष्ठाम दीज आर एजेक्टिव्स एडिंग टू एजेक्टिव एंड द एक्सेम्प्लीफाइड ब्रह्म विद्या इट इज द नॉलेज ऑफ ब्रह्म ऑफ ब्रह्म विद्या हियर द ब्रह्म विद्या हैज कैन बी टेकन एज टू थिंग्स ब्रह्मेण प्रोक्तम द वॉट टीचिंग ब्रह्मा टॉट कैन बी ऑल्सो कॉल्ड ब्रह्म विद्या what is being taught is a subject called brahman so therefore that subject of the teaching also being brahman then also you can call it as brahma vidya so therefore you should understand that the brahma vidya has got two different meanings but that two different meanings are reduced into one important one by saying that sarva vidya pratishtham sarva vidya pratishtha means that is the basis pratishtha means the substratum or the foundation of sarva vidya of all knowledge so that knowledge which brahma taught his eldest son atharva is the foundation of all knowledge what is known to anyone any created one anyone who is in the creation so that is the first mantra is mentioning that and then talks about the lineage then for adharvana what happens adharvanu yam pravadeta brahma thar brahma thar brahma adharva tam pura uvacha angire brahma vidyam सा भरद्वाजाय सत्यवाहाय प्राहा भारद्वाज अंगिसे परावरम नाउ हियर कम्स द लीनियज अथर्वना याम वाट प्रवदेता एजुकेटेड फ्रॉम ब्रह्मा अथर्वा ताम पुरा उवाचा ताम मीन्स टू डेम pura uvacha means again he passed on the teaching among them there is a person called angira now the names of these rishis in the parampara are all very unique in nature for example we can see that that is why in one of the commentators uses the mundaga is the name of a teacher even though he may may he may not he may not be a barber by nature but his name could have been muntaga but there is no there is no what you call uh, lineage which is mentioned as muntaga muntaga lineage like kathopanishad kataka is one thing and saunaka there there are different lineages which are being mentioned in the upanishads or the vedas such a lineage is not mentioned in the case of upanishad but then there is the name shunaka also shunaka in the literal sense is dog so shunakasya apatyam puman shaunaka shaunaka is the name of a rishi who is the son of shunaka shunaka in the in literal meaning is a dog but then that is not the way in which in the vedic period it was there it was the name of a rishi whose son is then known as shaunaka and he is also known as gautama the same gautama which we have heard in many other places but whether they are all the same we do not know so atharva 
the brahma's jashtaputra he taught to them uh, the others his children among them there was one rishi called angira brahma vidyam sa varadwajaya varadwajaya satyavahaya now sat angira the son of atharva or the the student of atharva satyavahaya varadwajaya satyavaha is a one who carries always truth with him he never once satyam bahati so he he never deviates from other than telling the truth such is the name or the what you call title given to the son of bharadwaja who is known as bharadwaja so angira teaches to bharadwaja's son who is also known as satyavaha and bharadwaja angira se angiras the angira is the earlier krishi and that subsequent lineage in that lineage comes another rishi who is called angiras so the angiras and to angiras he taught the brahma vidya which is known as paravaram in the paravaram means in the previous to the subsequent in that sequence in which we have been now told brahma to atharvana atharvana to angira angira to bharadwaja bharadwaja san bharadwaja san to angiras this is that paravara the purvam and para that tradition in which it has been moved down to subsequent teach just uh, of the rishis in the gotra so there is a tradition from where that studying the teaching is being passed on now angiras is the guru for our upanishads in this particular way just as yama was the guru in the case of kathopanishads here we have Ang- angira angiras as the guru angiras is now being approached by shaunakaha havai mahashala angirasam vidivat upasadna prapracha kasminnu bhagava vitnyate sarvamidam vitnyatam bhavati iti like any other upanishad here we also we have a starting question for the upanishad based on which the entire upanishad is built up in the katha upanishad we knew that what nachiketa asked yama as the third boon i heard that after death there is something some say there is nothing you are the lord of death nobody other than you who can tell what is the truth was the question in the case based on which what happens after death was explained in katha upanishad in the kena upanishad the question itself is the beginning keneshidam patati prekshitam mana kena prana pradama prediyukah keneshidam vachamimam vadanti chakshushotram kahudevo yunakti so that was the question based on which the entire kena upanishad was explained and that is the crux of that upanishad same way in this one the saunaka or sunakasya apatyam puman the sunaka rishi's son saunaka he is also known as mahashala 
the term mahashala is very very typical to a householder whose yagnashala is not ordinary yagnashala that is why it is given a mahashala simultaneously such a person can do 108 yagnas going inside the shala which he is having in his household only such people are given the title of mahashala so you can imagine how much of a karmakandi or the ritualist that chaunaka was there when he approached angiras with a question and he goes vidivat upasanna he goes to angiras the guru even though he himself has been a great yatnya yatnyadana tapak karma all those has been done by shavnaka but he still had that question within which in him to know that he goes to angiras he knowing very well that in the tradition angiras has been taught this from the brahma's tradition so to know that he goes to angiras vidivat with all the proper practice which was there for the approaching a guru in those days sa guru meva bigacche samit pani shotriyam brahmanishtam is how it is mentioned that so he goes with the samit pani with that proper etiquettes of approaching a guru upasanna and approaching he prapracha he asked the question kasmin nu bhagavaha vitnyate sarvam idam vitnyatam bhavati now this one sentence can be highly philosophical at the same time it may not give any meaning if you look at the superficial level kasmin is a question mark in sanskrit which means in which it shows that the locative question it is a question on locative verb or in which that meaning can come but if you look at that we have a confusion how can there be a knowledge in in something or is it uh, the question being asked is is it only for the permanent point of view the the subsequent verses idam vitnyadam all this becomes known so how can all this be included in one thing nu is a standing for nanu in case in if before a question mark normally in sanskrit we have nanu because like that so let me say you know so that way kasmin hey bhagava hey master and he is approaching addressing angiras in which knowledge vitnyate or that is that both are in the locative words kasmin and vitnyate is saptami ekavachanam or locative in which knowledge is the knowledge of everything very simple question he wants to know 
there are many knowledge outside many thing which he has studied he has studied all the four vedas and the upavedas angas all those things and he is not he is still not very very satisfied with the knowledge which he has got so he asked that i have heard master that there is some knowledge which you have learned from your tradition from your forefathers from starting from brahma knowing which or in that type of a knowledge in which the knowledge about everything is possible now here we have to really look at it in two different ways when we say knowledge is physics chemistry maths or any any knowledge for that matter language or music or anything there is an aspect of certain peculiarities of that knowledge only we are covering in that study for example if you are studying physics we are studying only the matter and the physical properties of the matter if you are studying chemistry we are studying not the physical properties but more on the chemistry of the product if you are studying music we are studying more on the melody and the inundations of notes up and down like that if you look at it any subject there is a peculiarity or a particularity of a subject which we learn in the process of learning anything in the world but we are still not knowing anything or any subject or any teaching in which the particularities are not there but the entirety is known so the sarvamidam that word shows that when i say idam means it is this so he is removed all particularities of everything he is not talking about the sun moon human being animal bird tree fountain or anything nothing like anything which i call as this other than me is this for me and when i say sarvamidam i am also becoming this for somebody else so i am also included in the this when somebody, when i am looking from the total world so the peculiarity which is aham also is gone when i say idam or in when i say i also is a this for somebody else so i am also part of this so there is only this which is available and that this without any peculiarity or particularity or any adjectives with which i can differentiate between one to another everything can be comprehensive in one word called this so sarvamidam stands for the entirety of experiences or the knowledge vitnyadam bhavati becomes known so vitnyade vitnyadam bhavati in knowledge knowledge takes place so here you have the beauty of it knowledge take can take place only in knowledge not outside the knowledge so question is very simple o teacher tell me in which knowledge can i get knowledge about everything simple question 
but the entire upanishad is an answer for that so angiras tasmai sahovacha angiras to him for the benefit of saunaka angiras is giving the answer dwe vidye veditavye iti saha sma yat brahma vidavatanti para cha eva aparacha angirasa starts speaking the teaching starts now dwe vidye veditavye two instructions or teachings have to be learned to be learned veditavye the sanskrit word means must be studied so he is ensuring that there is nothing which one should you know discard for learning purpose both are equally important so the 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 misunderstanding or the misguided belief which we have that only brahma vidya should be learned or the upanishad or all those things surely should be learned is removed by this statement of the that the student of brahma who created the world itself is saying that there are two types of knowledge two dwe vidye vedidavye both has to be studied must be studied iti yad brahma vidavadanti those who have known brahma known the knowledge brahma here the brahma vida is to talk about the entirety of the knowledge brahatvat brahma the totality of knowing in whom that totality of knowing is called a brahma vida brahma vid brahmaiva bhavati so he becomes brahma in some form he becomes everything so therefore brahma vida the word brahma vida here is indicating about that people or such people who have identified themselves with everything in the brahma in the creation te vadanti they say that there are two types of knowing to be acquired in this world para cha eva aparacha they are called para mean extreme or supreme aparacha the other so he doesn't give any detail as in this sentence he is only says that dear my dear you should understand there are two knowledge two streams of knowledge both have to be studied and they have been categorized as para and apara by those who have done that before me or before whoever has studied that so he has given that and then he starts that tatra para tatra apara there the apara or the other knowledge not the the higher knowledge the other knowledge includes rigveda yajurveda samaveda adarveda shiksha kalpa vyakaranam niruktam chandah jyotisham iti this is the first statement there the apara the not higher knowledge is inclusive of rigveda yajurveda samaveda adarveda 
these are the four vedas in the adarva veda is this upanishad which we are talking about so he is talking about this also is not a higher knowledge which you are studying we will come to know why he said this later in the <coughs> upanishad because open not a single word in upanishad is a waste they have got very mystical meaning which you one should keep it in mind and that will be divulged only at the appropriate time so he says that rigveda yajurveda and yajurveda samaveda adarveda these are all the four vedas main vedas among the rigveda is the one which consists of hymns and prayers and mantras for that is the first of the vedas were all the hymns prayers and mantras are appearing in the yajurveda is the invocations necessary to perform sacrifices therefore that is the word yajur the word yaj yatnya from that the yajurveda is coming from that so yajurveda is for the sacrificial invocations and methodologies or how it is to be done is given the yajurveda samaveda is same as rigveda most of the conditions in them but they are set in music there is a rhythm there is a methodology of chanting the vedas in the case of samaveda the same rigveda mantra can be chanted in the chanted in a musical way using the samaveda the adarva veda is a consists of material that may be regarded as a sequel or an appendix to the three word three vedas which have been mentioned because it is also considered as one of the later vedas when the vyasa uh, has decoded the only there was supposed to be only rigveda once upon a time then it was made into four for the purpose of categorizing to what are the purposes of each of these mantras which were appearing in rigveda originally so the atharva veda was made as a sequel to the three vedas for the purpose of certain specific aspects aspects of vedas and these four vedas are not easy to understand the language is is called vaidika samskritam it is not the ordinary samskritam classical language of which we see it in our uh, literary forms and the modern sanskrit usages they are very very cryptic and the language even the grammatical rules are different for them and they have got very deep mystical knowledge in this so one has to when you want one want to studying that there is a requirement for preparing for studying the vedas which is called vedangas now what are the, there are six upangas or vedas and then there, there is angas and there are eight upangas so all together 14 are the subsequent or the what you call uh, sequential studies which one has to do even before studying the veda so anga means limb or what is required for upholding the knowledge of the veda we need to study these six auxiliary vedas or vedangas what are they 
ಶಿಕ್ಷಾಕಲ್ಪ್ಯಾಕರಣಿಸ್ some sort of a rejuvenating feeling when we hear that why does this happen because there is an art of intonation and modulation which is unique to vedic chanting it is supposed to be triggering such nerves in our body which will elate get an exalted or an elated feeling while listening itself and those who know the inner meaning or the cryptic meaning or the deeper meaning of the veda they can transport themselves to higher realms of experiences not only that if you do a mispronunciation or a wrong type of enunciation what happens is that the meaning itself can become totally opposite so for example there is a famous example which is given in the when the shiksha when we do the study of shiksha indra satru vardaswa the meaning is indra satru vardaswa that is indra the lord the, the, the indra deva satru means the enemy of enemy vardaswa means let him prosper now these three sanskrit words if you are doing in one way you will get a meaning that indras indra who is an enemy let him for him let there be prosperity that is indrasya satru vardaswa the enemy of satru or enemy of indra let him be prosperous if you do it with a adyotata andodata that is the inner intonation which i am talking about if you do that the meaning will change from indra an enemy of whom let indra prosper so there the vardaswa will go with the indra let indra prosper for whom there is an enemy in the first case it happened indra for whom enemy let him prosper see the words are the same indra satru vardaswa but the intonation if you make that intonation adyuta dandodata that difference when it comes the samasa changes samasa mean the compound word changes indra satru is the one word even though there are two words indra satru is one word vardaswa is the other word but when the indra satru indrasya satru or indra yasya satru there can be two way indra is enemy to one or indra is an enemy to whom both the meanings can be derived out of that but the intonation with which we do that makes the change for the meaning of the mantra that is why shiksha is an auxiliary knowledge which is equally important for before studying the what you call the vedas and then in, then then we have shiksha then panini has given detailed study for the 
intonation. For example, if you look at into the simple alphabet R, the simple alphabet R has 18 modulations. Means short, long, and extremely long. Then there we lower note, middle note, higher note. Udata, Anudata, Swarita. Then Nasika, Anunasika. With the nasal and without the nasal. So if you put all these permutation combination, you get 18 modulations of the word A, alphabet A. And what will be the modulation to be used at each place is given by a indication of a mark on the mantras which you will see if you have officially seen the Vedic mantra book. The modern books may not have the indentation marking done on that. You will find either a is a, is a you know, moon and with a dot which is showing for Anunasika, which means nasal. Or it can be just a dot to show it's an Anuswara. Or it can have a vertical line or an underline or without all those things. These are all the way in which they used to mark the, each, each al vowel. The consonant doesn't have any vowel attached to it by default. But when the vowel is added, the consonant takes the strength of the vowel which is in which it has to be so. That is what is given in the shiksha. Then kalpa is, is for the performance rituals connected with the Vedas. There the, how the Acharya, the Purohita, the Havana, all those things are mentioned how to keep the Darbha Gras, how the Achamanam has to be done, all those things are and in details is given in the Kalpa Sutra. The Kalpa Sutras have got four sub subsequent subdivisions which is called Shrauda Sutras, Grahya Sutras, Dharma Sutras and Shulba Sutras. Now each one of them have got categories in which it is being mentioned. The Shrauda Sutra describes the manner in which performance of sacrifice are to be done as per the Vedic injunctions. Grihya Sutra is not in the Yajna but at the Griha. That is why it is called Griha. In the house, the same Brahmana or the same person who is Grihastha, who is doing, there are sacrifices and performance which have to be done at the house, not in the Ignashala. There what is to be done is given in the Griha Sutras. Dharma Sutras talk about what is the rules and regulations, what is to be done, what is not to be done, what is the social norms, what is the ethical norms. All those based on his Varnashrama Dharma is given in the Dharma Sutra. And the Sulba Sutra describes at length, measures, it is, this is where the Yajna description comes like, what is the length of the hall in which Yajna has to be done, what is the shape of it to be, whether it should be circular in shape, whether it should be in the shape of a star, or whether it should be long or oblong. All those things, not only of the shed, but also in the place where the yajna has to be done, how the bricks have to be arranged, what is the measurement, the number of bricks, how these have to be arranged, and the location for each of the uh, priests. There are four priests for each of the yajna. In which direction, which facing each direction, how they should trade. All these things are given in the Shulva Sastras, which are part of the Kalpa Sutras. In the Vyakarana, 
is there are as i told earlier there are two types classical grammar and the vedic grammar so these two are two separate but only one who studies the classical grammar can graduate himself to study the vedic grammar because without the basis some basis of the classical grammar the vedic grammar can never be understood now as i told you earlier in the in the in the veda there are cryptic words which are used yaska is a great muni who wrote etymology of the words in the yajna yaga it is called nirukta nirukta is basically in is a dictionary or etymological dictionary word the vedic mantra words have been given from where that word has come for example if you are taking surya chandra agni mitra varuna from where did these names how is the formation of a word is given what is the root from where this formation of the word has come so same root used in different prepositions or suffixes can give different meanings for example the word hari the hari is a word for vishnu is there hari can be hari is a word there is a word for there is it's a meaning for monkey hari is a word for lion so different word the word is hari only but the way in which it has been formed to give the meaning for vishnu is different from the word in which the same word is formed to form a monkey to the same way in which it is formed to, to become a lion so how these words have been formed and why and in that it also when you add the indentation you get the exact placement of that meaning that is why it is very important to know the nirukta also for studying the veda then there is the second last is the chandas chandas is a meter every verse in the mantra has given a meter whether it is gayatri prishtop anushtop all different types of uh, there are meters which is given how long short and how many short how many long all these type of placement of the words is to be done while chanting based on that the chandas for that 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 auxiliary learning is called chandas and the last one is what is called jyotisha jyotisha is basically of the placement or the no the location not the placement the location of the celestial stars and the planets which is studied in detail by mere looking at the sky they didn't have telescope they didn't have microscope or electron microscope or atomic microscope nothing pure visual observation and events which are happening on the surface of the earth they also have in what you call interpretation how this could have happened because they have also given the power of each of the planets each of the stars so the power is designated due to events which has been happening on the earth and that is why the name of each one of the stars in the hindu astrology is different from that of the western astrology because 
the power which they exhibit in conjunction with the different planets and the effect in the earth is what is studied by in detail by them and this is mandatory before you start a yaga or as a ritual which is present in the vedas so all these things are auxiliary learning not only that then there are sub auxiliary languages also which is not mentioned here so there are another eight of them which we need to speak. we don't have to get into the detail because they are complementary to these six so once we know all those things then only you will know what is the apara that means not that other than the higher then he concludes the first statement of his reply to the question how will i know knowing which everything will be known he says that atha therefore para there is the higher knowledge yaya by which tad that knowledge aksharam adhigamyate you come to know what is beyond dk means sharam means it comes from the word there are two things one is aksharam means alphabet aksharam means also means non decaying one which means eternal or immortal or permanent or nityam or satyam all can be given the same meaning so aksharam so one commentator says that using knowing that through which you cross over even the use of language you don't need any more language to know that that is why it's aksharam adhigamyate adhigamyate gam dadu is for jnanartham here adhigamyate means adhikarnarte in which the knowledge exists adhigamyate so one who one who imbibes this knowledge he is becoming immortal or he comes to a stage where he need no more words to know anything he knows everything or everything is beyond the words yato vacho nivartande aprapya manasa sama that is the state of aksharam where there are no more aksharams alphabets to be explained there are no words to explain that so yaya tat aksharam adhigamyate is the para so this is the opening of the scenario of the two type of learning which is being explained later in this upanishad we will stop here today and friday we will continue the later part of the first mundaga first khanda there are nine mantras i am stopping at the fifth there are four more mantras each four of them are equally pregnant with philosophy and information and instruction which we will get into the details in the Friday's class. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihiyom Shri Guru Bhyonamaha Harihiyom Dhaniwada, Sarveja, thank you all. Thank you, thank you very much, Arbindoji, uh, for down-to-earth explanation of the first uh, five mantras of this Upanishad. It's very interesting, it's very interesting because uh, begin with the very name of 
Mundaka. Why? What is the background behind the very usage of the Mundaka? And by citing the Parampara itself, why it is not just restricted to sannyasis only, beautifully explained. As you said, the very Kasminno Bhago Vidyati Saruvina Vidyatam Bhavati very, very a cardinal point of this Upanishad. In fact, for all Upanishads is concerned, that is, explanation was very, very, very interesting. And at the same time, we know what is para and we know what is apara and we should study both. That message is the crucial and I think the need of the R. Uh, really, it was so nice when we reached that Tatrapara, Rugvedo, Ejurvedo, Samuvedo, Atharvaveda, Shiksha, Kalpa, Vyakranam, Niruktam, Chandu, Jyotishamiti. Actually, this portion, most of the people will, you know, if they are in a hurry, if they want to jump, definitely they will jump into well only if they could decide without going to the very details and depth and all aspects of this uh, Upanishad. Because many, many, many commentators have failed here and many, many took a different versions of this para and apara. And uh, many without having a proper knowledge, many, many made many divisions in these things. But uh, from each standpoint, it is very interesting to know who has done what as far as these classifications are concerned. Arbindoji, you explained it beautifully. It is not just an, the very categorization higher and lower. No, it is not even the classification of literature also. Uh, it's wonderful because as Arbindra is told, even this Upanishad is a part and parcel of the... Once again, the it forms the part of the Veda, Shruti only. Here, the Aparavidya, the Upanishad puts everything, Rigveda, Ajurveda, Samaveda, Atharvaveda and all other six Vedangas put into Apara. One who jumps to the conclusion is a big well here. He can <laughs> definitely do that. But the the explanation was very good. Very, very, you know, down-to-earth explanation for these things. Because the very purpose of the Upanishad, the very intention of Upanishads, in classifying this para and apara, definitely not it is based on the, the classification of literature. Because the same tool, the same Rigveda, same Ajurveda, same Atharvanaveda, same Samaveda, all the Brahmana, Aranyaka and Upanishads are studied for Brahmavidya. I don't want to, you know, uh, talk more about that because it's very, very interesting aspects are there in the next coming verses, how the Brahmavidya is explained. Thanks. Thanks very, thank you very much for these explanations and the very a nice background about what is Veda and what are Vedangas, what the Shiksha, Kalpa, Vakarana, Nirukta is all about. A nice explanations, even the intuitions and the Swaras, the knowledge of each Sura, how it makes difference. And the very word uh, has got uh, more than 18 plus uh, different connotations, variations. It was so nice. Thank you, Arvindiji. Thank you very much.
Yeah, so now what we'll do is, uh, for those who come up and like to ask a question for Aurobindoji, we'll um, open questions just now for uh, related to this uh, Upanishad and then uh, anything that's specific and then uh, we'll close this room so that the replay is saved and then uh, open another room uh, to get a chance to uh, interact and uh, take the conversation outside of this specific subject. So, uh, Srinivas, uh, you're first in the PTR. Yeah, hi, all. Namaste, Arvindaji. <clears throat> Namaste. Yeah, so, yeah, I think I resonate with what uh, Jatvedaji said, basically. Uh, I just thought, no, uh, as of no. But, yeah, I, I <clears throat> very nicely describes the different types of uh, vidyas available, and, yeah, very... Uh, excited to go forward in the operation. So, and you, only thing is like, uh, I had a question about uh, uh, the word itself, right? Mundaka. So, it, it, is it indicating sannyasa or something like that? And if it is so, like, how to understand it symbolically or literally? I know you touched upon it, but uh, if you can expand on that, uh, that will be great. Like, like at what stage that, is there something like, uh, who are all eligible to uh, listen to this or who can understand this, like the Adhikari or what are the prerequisites? So is that Mundaka defining any prerequisite to this or uh, can you like just touch upon that? Uh, Mundaka is not limiting the study to anybody. If you look at the parampara from Brahma, Jashtaputraya, Atharvaya, Angira, then Bharadwajaya, Angirasa, Shavanaka. So when you see that itself, it is for people who are into, into the Grihastha Ashrama and doing Vedic practices. So that may not be their Vedic practices today, but doesn't mean that the knowledge part of it, which is the, because we are, may not be doing the rituals, but the knowledge part is not related to ritual. It is para, beyond the, beyond the apara, which is all the rituals and other things. Which is being now in the subsequent mantra, it will come parikshila ojavankarmachita. Now the word mundaka, the word munda comes from the same root where from you have the word mundanam. Mundanam is the state of a shaved head. Mundaka is the one karta who does the mundana. So the mundaka, the kakara comes from the karta. So the one who is doing the, uh, uh, what you call mundanam is called a mundaka. Therefore means a barber. But mundaka has, as I told, like sunaka, can Buddha could have been a name of a rishi also. We do not know. But in other Upanishads, we will say that Pratama Khanda, Jidhiya Khanda Karke. I mean, like that, how, that is how the chapters were divided. Whereas here, the chapters are divided as Mundaka, Pratama Mundaka, Jidhiya Mundaka, Tridhiya Mundaka. In, within the Mundaka, the subsections were called Khanda, unlike the other Upanishads. Why this variation? There is no record available. We have lost it in the history. So, there is no way we can say what is the source of the word Upanishad, I mean, Muntaka for this Upanishad has come from. 
from what commentaries are available i gave you the various commentators how they see from starting from shirovratham to sanyasis to you know but shankaracharya starts with this as a atharvano upanishad he doesn't say as muntak upanishad even though subsequently the word comes but he starts this upanishad calling it as atharvano upanishad so that is how it is that the muntaka word is based the name of the chapters i would put it this way neither the rishi nor the shaving of the head or nothing of that sort because the chapters were termed as muntaka this upanishad is called the muntaka upanishad thanks abhinandan ji <laughs> namaste patrick ji pranam arvind ji charan swarsh pranam jarvi ji charan swarsh <laughs> so i got my head shaved today actually <laughs> what a coincidence <laughs> bhagwan's grace indeed and celebrating and celebrating and celebrating thank you so much pranam arvind ji once again and this is joyous so just being here and celebrating and celebrating thank you so much for doing this <laughs> pranam to all sanyasi swami namaste vinod ji yeah yeah Arvind ji thanks so much finally we restarted the sessions and that to one of the most famous upanishads thanks for that i didn't have any particular questions today but i think uh, you know we'll have as we go along yeah today was only basically the beginning or the introduction is set the setting the what you call setting yeah, the setting mode, the i would call it at that. least the basic things like uh, you know the name why that name and all that got cleared <laughs> and uh, right. i was in fact expecting some really good uh, this thing uh, but uh, it is very interesting to know that even uh, you know i mean it's really open question so that is interesting and and also that mandukya somehow i had some feeling that it has got to do with frog uh, uh, mundaka ha huh? muntaka you mean not mandukya don't confuse between mandukya and muntaka oh what is upanishad there are two upanishads you oh. know ji this is mundaka oh. upanishad that is mandukya upanishad oh my god i have been <laughs> assuming that uh, mandukya mandukya is what we keep once in a while referencing right that, yeah yeah you know, would, right? that that is your most favorite uh, you know upanishads mandukya. right 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 i was thinking it we are on that oh my god i didn't even know this actually <laughs> <laughs> it is it is that's why it is atharva upanishad or mundaka upanishad good good i asked this question <laughs> and this is as good as mandukya vinod ji will see as we progress further you love it i think especially when we go into the later parts darasa you first one also and katha upakatha upanishad all are like that only i mean so in fact i still not cannot categorize any upanishad which i don't like it all of them are highly what you call mystical and with such deep meaning especially when you look at from the, the intricate and complexities with which sanskrit words have been placed by the rishis you can really enjoy the beauty only if you if you are immersed in sanskrit unfortunately 
that is where you know a lot of people miss out by that they need to depend upon somebody to translate it and explain it i ordered uh, swami rama's uh edition of uh, this upanishad uh, on amazon that's he's that's a he's pretty good source would would you not agree arvindu then each see there are different uh, there are many of the commentaries available online shankara bhashya itself has been explained in different ways without shankara bhashya the upanishad basic upanishad is explained by dinmayananda dama sarvapriyananda and many of the people have commented on this it's a very famous upanishad but you will find all of them addressing it from a aspect which have given insight for for themselves from their point of view that is where they will be more dwelling upon like i'll be doing it where from where i feel my my connection with this upanishad but that doesn't mean the others are wrong what i i also read that there was maybe politics is the wrong a word for it to describe it but each uh, sampradaya or each um, you know of the lineage within different schools would would have uh, their own interpretation and because i am not so familiar with the language i i found uh that the that certain words can have pivotal uh different you know uh impact on on the interpretation and the, have you found that yourself like yesterday when we were talking about uh jagatmitya um and uh that i mean is a big is a big difference right yeah see this is why the allegiance which you keep to certain philosophical thought will cloud your openness to knowledge one should be open to all type of knowledge now there are traditionalists who do not even try to listen to what is the scientific developments happening or you know the socio political impact on you know the the mindset of people all those things have very high uh what you call uh, conditioning in which each one will inter- start interpreting the words so uh, i basically do not uh, see anyone of god i think but i see where they come from well you know i'm a beginner but i know that now i've read i keep you know i'm collecting at least uh a couple you know in in book form and then online there's different translations and i'm you know at the same time reading along to see how uh the uh, the translations differ i just don't think i can do the uh, sanskrit and do your course on that but i know that you would tell me that it's essential and just maybe in a year uh and he's popped off but i find that um Sanjeev what do you think should i do the sanskrit do you think it's essential 
हाँ जी मैट्रिक जी वेरी एसेंशियल वेरी एसेंशियल इंडीड बट विद द ग्रेस ऑफ श्री गुरु महाराज श्री गुरुदेव महाराज जी एज अरविंद जी इज हेयर आह एवरीथिंग इज ईजी द होल जूस द फूड इज प्रपेयर्ड एंड इट इज जस्ट सर्व सो ऑफकोर्स संस्कृत इज ब्यूटिफुल दैट इज द पाथ एज गुरु महाराज द गुरु आज्ञा इज देयर द गुरु आदेश द गुरु नियम इज देयर अदरवाइज विद द ग्रेस ऑफ द गुरु इट सेल्फ एवरीथिंग इज रिसीव मैट्रिक जी एवरीथिंग Well, if no one is asking, I, I would ask a question. I really enjoyed the text. Thank you so much for organizing and and clearly presenting. And th- there is the number seven that came out a few times, and I wonder what is is there a significance to that? You know, seven tongues and and maybe you know seven worlds or so. If if anyone can elaborate on 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 why the seven. and and what it means in in the text that i i would be uh, interested to know thank you is seven is used in hindu tradition to say seven lokas or seven on the top seven and the other lokas seven that 14 lokas comes like that then even in this upanishad you will hear that when it is explaining about that the oblations to the fire there is saptajihwa kali garali like that there are seven flames which is referred in this one and uh, seven is not the only number uh, if you look at it the numerology part i won't be able to explain it but there are numbers which are unique to tradition in the say for example 7 8 and 9 are the most common thing you will find 108 where you can say the 8 plus 1 is becomes 9 8 minus 1 becomes 7 so 7 8 and 9 are different things which are used in some places 9 is used as most thing for example in the yajna yaga thing they give the assemblage of bricks in the in multiplication of 8 so that is and so there the 8 is important so each time it, it has got a different number has got an important there is not only 7 which has got a, a superiority or among the rest of the things well here here there is one one sentence which says luminous viswarushi these seven flickering about form the seven tongues of fire um you know so it's 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 unlike anything else that is written no other numbers except maybe three vedas i'm not looking at it from numerologic you know but just to understand what other seven tongues of fire or um that that that, that he's talking about here the four vedas six upangas then na angas then eight upangas so there itself you have got four six and eight coming in the number of vedas right then in the kalpa there are four subdivisions in the vedas there is three divisions like brahmana upasana and jnana kanda so i really do not feel that there is any specific numerological or a number sanctity for this but in the case of fire 
those who have been doing yajna have identified there are seven flames which are accepting these uh, oblations in the form of what is being offered in the yajna and each one is carrying to different world the offerings to the people who are living in those world is the imagination of the you know the yajna karta or through the yajmana that is why they want to say that there are seven world and each of the flame is a bearer of the offering to those world like kali karali that there are seven of them which is listed in the mantras which will come across later in this upanishad so that time i'll give you more explanation as to why it is supposed to be that seven has got and each one is for which they which loka it is referring to and how do we identify that fires differently that will be explained at that time thank you thank you so i understand i'm just looking at the text again that it's basically you know um preparation for a ritual uh to the seven worlds and then without proper time without proper rules offered up to the seven world his worlds destroys <laughs> so which means we <laughs> we better know what is the proper time proper rules and the proper seven worlds uh, i guess is this all highly historical and uh, you know it is gupta gopta is said not from the point of view of it is to be told only to certain people the level of understanding for the disciple or the student is the reason why that becomes secretive for example to an ordinary person the quantum theory or the spring theory will be mystical he won't even understand what it is but for a scientist or a person who is interested in quantum or at least studied that much into that he will be able to understand that so from that point we are this example if you look at it the same way people who are used to the vedic injunctions rituals who know what is mentioned in the kalpa shastras based on which what is to be nirukta what word meaning does it shine it or show that for him it is no more a secret but for a person who do not know what is nirukta and what is mentioned the kalpa grihya sutras or in the kalpa sutras for him it all look like very secretive language or cryptic language which has no meaning I so uh, it's important that if there are questions uh for Arbindaji uh, just given the time that uh, he's putting into this uh if you've got any questions come up please anything uh that you have or anyone else is up on the speaker's panel um otherwise uh Arbindaji will will retire so please ask away and uh open a nice lively discussion um but he's got a lot of energy that he has to put into this and so just out of respect let's keep the conversation moving well i have one one more question since nobody is asking um so to the question what is that by the knowing of which all this becomes known he says two 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 things there are two kinds of knowledge that must be known huh? they are the higher knowledge and the lower knowledge 
So I'm wondering if it's this higher knowledge and lower knowledge, if it's like two worlds and two bodies of knowledge, or if that higher knowledge could be like a like a meta knowledge, you know, that actually helps to understand the the, the lower lower knowledge, you know. Um, so I think that that's 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 interesting, um, um, and also because you know what you had said earlier that there's knowledge in knowledge, <laughs> so it's it's a nice play of words, you know, uh, to to look at knowledge with uh, with higher knowledge. Uh, thanks. Yeah. One should understand the the knowledge which we are talking about here is not about what is our knowledge or knowing through our normal organs of perception. For us, the knowledge means only perception. What comes through external or internal perception becomes a knowledge to us. We are not aware of that knowledge which is not accessible outside the limitations of perception, whether it is external perception or internal perception. And what is that? If it all, if there is something like that, what is that? Is it something mystic, not accessible? not because it's not cannot be perceived means it is inaccessible is it something like that or is it is there something which is we are not able to understand the cryptic meaning of the upanishad that is why the word kasmin vitnyate these two words are the most important part of it kasmin means in which vitnyate is again it is a. It is also again locate in which 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 knowledge. Or by by in by not it's not by knowing which, but then it becomes a, you know causative, acquisitive knowledge. Or it's not a causal thing. It is not going to cause you the knowledge. It is a knowledge residing in which. By knowing by. Immersing in that knowledge, or how do I put it? No. Well, I, I think I, I found it. You know, I, well, another way. Another way is like here it says, like the lower knowledge. He because I, I had asked you whether it was meta meta language, but it's not. He says the lo lower knowledge is the Rig Veda, you know, the siskas, which phonetics, kalpas, rituals, grammar. Etymology, that means the sense of the words, meter, measurement, astronomy. He calls all of this, that means our sciences and mathematics he, and, and linguistics, he calls them lower knowledge. And uh, higher knowledge is, is like attained, can, can be, you know, because it is that by which the imperishable Brahman is attained. That means you must connect to Brahman for higher knowledge. And then the lower knowledge you use science, mathematics, and linguistics. Uh, is that is that fair statement? See, that is why I was telling Patrick the example. It depends upon the translator's standpoint. For him, the word imperishable Brahman is clear. But a person who is in the general public today, 
if i say that the knowledge of imperishable brahman does it make any sense to such a person it won't make any sense to him yeah, but it does it does because it's no only if only people only people only only people who know that there is something called brahman and it is imperishable it makes sense isn't it yeah yeah I'm talking from that general public when I said is that I'm not talking people who are listening to the Vedas or Upanishads or the lectures in the Hindu tradition. How this knowledge is equally applicable to anyone in the world is what the Upanishads is meant. They are not going to differentiate between only those who know Sanskrit. Of course, they wrote it in Sanskrit because that was the language of their language. but it should not be limited to people who should be knowing language only that language alone but because the knowledge is that is why they categorized that grammar as a lower knowledge which is particular to a language this is beyond that means it is not restricted to any caste color creed or location or generation which is that it is going to be that which is imperishable aksharam yaya aksharam adhigamyate that which crosses the boundaries of language and time sharam has got two meanings one is the language or the alphabet aksharam and the another aksharam meaning for aksharam is time beyond aksharam means sheete which they decay beyond dk means permanent or eternal so that which is beyond the alphabets and beyond the time is in which you land or you get immersed yourself adhigamyate that is what is called para so there i am not using the word imperishable or brahman i am using the two words which is the same hand it has the same meaning in any language whether it is spanish german portuguese chinese japanese any language you take alphabets and time is a thing which is known to everyone the knowledge which is beyond alphabets and beyond time that word you where you are taken beyond these two is what is called para or the higher knowledge but if a person says that you no know, that which you know the imperishable brahman then the person can think that is something exclusively to the indian civilization and restricted to that period of vedic period or you know centuries old or millennium old it's not relevant to me today that attitude can come in the mind of a person who is listening to that that should be warded off or you know nipped at the bud itself that it is nothing to do with the the teaching where it has coming from or the teacher who has told that it is a language and which should be universally applicable because it's not talking about any limitation of space and time and location or language so to explain it from that point of view makes the upanishad more universal rather than restricted to tradition yeah that's good that's good like the the human world 
human science, technology, linguistics, mathematics, space-time, and then like the divine world, divine knowledge, um, yeah, space of imagination, maybe. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, so this makes the seven worlds, the seven, become really important here. Um, unlike any other number, because he sp speaks of seven tongues of fire and seven worlds. So, obviously the seven worlds are not from the lower knowledge base, so that means in the higher ones, there is a suggestion that there are seven worlds, which, uh, which I find very interesting. Um, you know, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, but when he explained that this Kali Karali, that mantra, and the seven worlds and the seven tongues of the fire, it is part of the Aparavidya, which he has mentioned as a lower vidya. Before that, there is a mantra, Adrishya Magrahyam Avatachustotram Apanivadam. That is what he is talking about, the Paravidya. So the differentiation between these two will be, become clearer when we deal in detail those mantras. Yes, yes, very, very correct. He says like the, the ritual, Agnihotra, destroys all the worlds up to seven for the person who is pro performing that, that ritual. So, it's <laughs> so you're right. It's from the lower world, not from the higher. Thanks. thanks. Okay. Um. I like this uh, question of Shonak when he goes to the Rishi and he asks, uh, what is that uh, knowing which one knows all? Meaning, I just want to know what his uh, mental condition is like. Because either he is frustrated with everything he has done or exhausting all the rituals or... Uh, uh, he has become apt to understand everything by doing all the rituals. So how to interpret this? So gee, there are two things which you shouldn't keep in mind. There is an adjective used for Shaunaka called Mahashala. I explained that Mahashala is normally a attribution or an adjective given to such a karma content or a yaknava yaknya performer who has simultaneously more than 108 yaknyas going in one one shala. it can you know it can be more it can be about 10 10 football football square field or something like that because those yetnyas which are mentioned in those uh, Atharva Veda, some of one yetnyashala itself is the size of a football field. Because of so much of arrangements and organ things are being kept. So Mahashala is a person who does 108 of such yetnyas simultaneously. So he has seen the ultimate of what yetnyas can done, be done, how it can be done. What, yet that question of happiness is eluding him or what is the purpose of these things. 
that is why in the subsequent places when you are when you look into it you will find that pariksha logan karmajitan brahmana nirvedamaya na krutakrutena so that mantra when it come i'll explain it more why this mahashala why this question has more relevance because that has to come from within no external stimulation or momentary dejection or you know vairagya can give rise to these type of questions this has to come from the very source which is prompting you to know itself otherwise it cannot come from ordinary mind so which shows that his mind has come to that level which is almost like there is a there is a glass in between but you 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 cannot see the glass you are seeing the whole thing yet it is not accessible that is the situation when you know i can physically i mean imaginarily explain that as knowing which beyond which this barrier how do i know that that question comes kasminnu bhagavo vidyate sarvamidam vidyadam bhavati so sarvamidam is a word which is to be the most scrutinized word in it which i explained also since it's a looks like a very simple word what is sarvam means everything idam means this all this is a literal translation dictionary translation of it but it is not the dictionary translation what it is they got more much more depth in it anything other than me i call it as this but how can it become sarvam if i exclude myself so i have also to become part of this then only that sarvam becomes it itam that idam can include me also that is why the word sarvam idam is used i am not separate aham and idam are normally how we categorize them i am there everything else i am is that or this whichever way you want to use it so this and that excludes me but then it cannot become sarva if in that case but the moment i say sarvam idam i am dropping my own ego of i and say i also become this which i am thinking as i also becomes a part of this to be known then it becomes vitnyadam bhavati becomes i will know not only what is i i should also know what is this when i say i and when i say this there are apparently there is supposed to be two things when dichotomy of i and this that dichotomy will can go only when i say sarvamidam so from that point of view is the question being asked but there has to be a knowledge where both aham and idam can be answered in a one knowing which which i heard that angiras o master you are in the lineage of brahma and you have learned it from your predecessors so please teach to me is what he says om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om ओ भद्रम कर्णे
शृणुयाम देवा भद्रम पशे मोक्षिर्विचित्रिरंगैस्तुष्वागुंसस्तनूभि वशेम देवहितुस्ति नो रुद्रश्रवा स्वस्ति नूषा विश्ववेदा स्वस्ति नक्षोरिष्टनेमि स्वस्ति नो बृहस्पृतिदा शाति 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 नमो ब्रह्मणे नमो अस्वे नम पृथिव्यै नम ओषदिभ्य नमो वाचे नमो वाचस्पत नमो विष्णुवे बृहते कौमी ओं शाति 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 षण्णो मित्रहर्षम वरुण षण्णो भवत्ंद्रो बृहस्पति षण्णो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायु तमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मासी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्या ऋत वदिष्या सत्यम वदिष्या तन्मावतु तद्वक्तावतु अवतु अवतु शांति 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 ओं तक्षम योरावणीमहे गात दैवी स्वस्तिरस्तु स्वस्तिर्माषेभ्य ऊर्ध्व जिगात भेषज शो अस्तुदे चतुष्पदे ओं शांति 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 ओं सहनावतु सहनौभुनक्तु सह वीर करवाहे तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मा विद्वेशावहे ओं शांति 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 ओं पूर्णमद पूर्णमद पूर्णात्पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्यते ओं शांति 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 धन्यवाद थैंक यू